No, Glennie's scoring the first goal on Saturday. Just wait. Are they playing Dallas or Nashville? I should know this, but I don't. It's one of the two. It's either Dallas or Nashville. I don't think anyone in the history of the world has ever been more ready for hockey than Justin is. Oh, dude, I'm sold, man. Yeah, it's Nashville. And then we play Dallas. That's why. It is Nashville at Nashville. Jeez, how did... That was the first game on Wednesday. Wings don't play till Saturday. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Fucking oh, dumb. It's going to be all black and blue down there, all twitchy and shit. Oh. And then two games in a row, Pepper needs new shorts. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's on tonight, though? You got that Vegas San Jose. Oh. Well, and also, Toronto's new captain is going to get announced. Yeah, no, that's going to be solid when they announce uh, Brendan Shanahan as team captain. <laughs> Brendan Shanahan. Oh, he just walked out Hyman. with the DM. And... Oh, oh, yeah, give it to the Hyman. They really got to break yeah, it in there. <laughs> they just, yeah, they want to break in the new season, you know, really push through where they haven't been before. <laughs> give it to Hyman. <laughs> oh. The stats. Ooh, I'm, oh, I can't. I just had a thought. Just had a thought, and, I, and it made me so happy. That's the noises that came out. The salt. If you picked, if you picked my game, then there's something wrong with you. The sanity. I've never said this to you before. You need to step up the game. And every so often, they talk about sports too. Here is Eric Dorsch, Russ Ivanek, and Justin Marcus. This is Armchair Sports Talk. All right. Well. You heard the intro, you know who we are. Uh, but we're going to start today talking about the one thing that has to be talked about first and foremost. We will get to play of the week later. But, guys, if you ask me, the play of the week happened off the field because of something that happened on the field. Vontez Perfect, the Raiders linebacker, was suspended for the rest of the year. No more play for you. Good go. Goodbye. Bye-bye. After a very, very bad hit. Very illegal hit, in my opinion. And, uh, Justin, I think you have to agree with me. That's not even a long enough suspension for what this guy deserves. No, no. He he can get the hell out of here. I wish I – I was trying to come up with something, like, with Lizzo. I, I love Lizzo's music right now, but you could have had a bad bitch, Bergeac, and you're gone now. You're out of the league. Goodbye. Get out of here. I, I want him gone forever. One year is not long enough. It's not. And, Russ, I mean, we've you and I have been talking about Vontez Perfect since – you know, his Cincinnati days, the hit on A.B., maybe that's it. That hit on A.B., that's what knocked something loose for A.B. He didn't have a good, oh, hel- yeah. he didn't have a good helmet. Knocked the CTE loose. It, it, it was very bad. But, I mean, you and I have said for years, this guy needs to be out of the league. He, he's not someone that's looking to make the big play. He's looking to make the career-ending play. And that, that's not something you want. I want to see big hits. I enjoy seeing those kind of things. But at the same time, I want to see it where I can tell your first intent was not to kill the person. Or at least if you're trying to kill him, do it legally. Like, it's a blood sport. We got ways of doing this without aiming to the head, perfect. <laughs> but, like, even as the players' union, like, how do you not go, hey, all right, we can protect this one guy, or we can protect um, almost all of the rest of them. Get rid of them forever. Goodbye. No, absolutely. When you mentioned play of the week might be off the field because of something that happened on the field, I assumed you were talking about Justin correcting Antonio Brown's grammar on Twitter several times. That, that was another amazing play. For those of you that don't know, uh, AB put out a tweet. AB has enrolled in classes at Central. Uh, a few days ago, put out a tweet saying, had, 
have paper due by 12, need prof reader, better be A or B. So one, he doesn't need a proofreader. He needs a prof reader. You need to be a professor or at least a professor, someone who's taking classes to become as such in order for you to read this guy's paper. Uh, Justin, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember your response, but I just know it was great, and uh, we're all waiting for the day that he blocks you. I saw the other day he blocked Rich Eisen, so he's just he's working yeah, his yeah, way through sports commentators. Too. Good. Hey, when I get, we're going to celebrate. When I get banned from AB, it'll be a good day. I don't want to unfollow him. I want him to ban me so I can just, he can remove me from his life. That's what I want. Yeah, and I mentioned this to Aaron last night. I'm like, if you're, if you're a student, and you, you got a flag football team. You got the best way to recruit him. You say, "Listen, you play for my f- flag football team. I'll proofread any paper you want me to proofread, and I'll make sure you, I'll make sure you graduate." Don't give him the benefit of the doubt of correcting his grammar. I'll proofread whatever you want me to proofread. I'm going to need a lot of red pen, and you're probably going to fail everything because I can't rewrite the paper for you. But I'll proofread wherever you want. You just got to go out there and win us every football game. I mean, could you imagine that? <laughs> Listen, I mean, that's one way to do it. Russ, could you imagine, though, flag football at U of M, Braylon Edwards comes back for classes? You're, you're going to do anything you can to get that guy on the team. You offer up your firstborn child if that's what's necessary to get the title. So uh, I think if you're a CMU student, you should definitely agree to proofread anything he wants for, uh, for him to be on your team. I think it's a good idea. I think I do. Oh, now I'm just getting flashbacks like that commercial with Jerome Bettis destroying flag football, that it's just A.B. running around complaining that he wasn't throwing the ball 30 out of 32 passes. Yeah, blonde mustache just poking out of, you know, out, you know, over a skull cap. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Close. Competition, it's CMU. The competition can't be that tough, so. Hey. It'd be pretty easy. Hey. Oh, they could bring back Lefevre to play with Oh, them. yeah. You, he needs to be on the phone. We both know Dan's not doing much. I mean, he, he bounced around for a little bit, but Dan, Dan might be up for a little, uh, maybe he gets his doctorate. I don't know what he did at CMU, but maybe he gets his doctorate. Who knows? Uh, he could proofread things for for uh, AB. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, no that that was another great off the off the field play for play of the week. Um, but in all seriousness, it was about time the league did something about this. It was only a matter of time before he he, he was uh, you know he pulled off another dirty hit. You hate to see it against the Colts. I believe it was Jack Doyle who he actually laid the hit on, and. Um, mm-hmm. You don't like to see it, and I'm actually amazed he was able to go as long as he did. I mean, by my calculations, it's been five games since he's actually cheap-shotted someone. So that, that was damn near godly levels of restraint that for was, him. That was a lot of restraint for him. And, I mean, he's on the Raiders. Raiders have that reputation. But you know what? If you're Gruden, you don't put up with this. The second you saw that, you look at him and go, yeah, pack, pack the bags. You're, you're not playing here anymore. One, you're going to be suspended long enough that you're not going to be of value to us. So I don't want, and you don't want dirty players on there. You don't want to build that reputation and show everybody, hey, I support if you do this and try to end someone's career. So it, 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 was, a, it was a bad hit, not acceptable in any way. I don't see how anyone could rationalize that, oh, he was just trying to make the play. Well, there's other ways to make the play without trying to kill someone. And uh, I'm just not a fan of it. So, uh, Moving on, though, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, obviously, Lions are on a bye week, so we'll recap this past week's game. It was an amazing game, so close. Looked like it was going to be a great one. But uh, before we do that, we're going to talk about Michigan State. We're going to talk about U of M. Uh, Justin, 
Like I said, I told you yesterday, I put one, last week you put one thing in your notes, let Russ and I talk. This week I decided I only have one thing to say. And I've already said it to you, but I'm going to say it so everybody else can hear it. Indiana gave that game away. They gave it away. Three quarters in a row, you run the dink and dump, and Michigan State can't stop it. We, you can do whatever you want. Dink and dump cannot be defeated. But for some odd reason, like a little kid playing Madden for the first time, in the fourth quarter, their head coach decided, you know what? This is working too well. I don't like it. Let's just try to chuck the ball deep on every single play. And the result is the result. You guys get the victory. But honestly, end of that game, Indiana choked more than Michigan State stepped up, in my opinion. I understand the scores score would show that you guys won decidedly, but you also won on a last-second fumble that you didn't really need. So I personally think Indiana gave this game away more than Michigan State went and won this game. You're a, you're a top defense, Jay. Indiana should never have had the day they had. I mean, their quarterback was 33 of 42 for 286 yards and three touchdowns. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. your quarterback, 18 of 36 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. So we're talking about Lewerke being at the same level as Indiana's quarterback in that game. Lewerke also led the game in rushing, so there's a little bit more there. Oh, I'm I'm just talking about the passing. I'm not taking it away. I'm saying, though, that you you, you have to look at this from the side of what you're trying to boast as a team right now is you have a really good defense. The offense is still subject. We don't know where we're going, but we know we have a good defense. And Indiana came up and kept us on our toes almost to the end running a offense that it shouldn't have worked. Dink and dump against the top defense, that defense should swarm the ball every time. And I said this to Jay yesterday. Uh, Joe Bocci and Kenny, I, I can never pronounce this guy. Kenny Willikis. Willikis. They're your, your two defenders. The reason it wasn't working was because Bocci and Willikis didn't have time to get anywhere near the quarterback. When they started doing these drop-back bombs, you kept hearing about Joe Bocci making the play because he had seven seconds to get to the quarterback and kill him. And Indiana couldn't keep that defensive line, you know, away long enough. But I, I, I'm going to let you talk, Jay. I'm just this is my one little point. And Russ, I, I obviously I want your opinion as well. But Jay, I personally think Indiana gave this one away more than State finished out and won it. I I don't know how I feel about that because. Like I said last week, our defense cannot be perfect every single week, and that's sometimes what State's MO is looking like this year. They got exposed. They they allowed Penix to put 20 consecutive passes in a row against them, I think between over the third and fourth quarter of the game. Um, I I don't think that they kind of – I mean, they gave it away in a sense on defense, but like you said, when they dropped Bocce and Willikis, they were just attacking the middle of the of the field. Um, but our offense decided to actually show up, and that's where I don't think that they completely gave it away. Um, the biggest thing for me that's just confusing as hell is that we let Penix go 286 for three, and we barely we won. And then yes, that last fumble was just adding you know frosting on the cake. But we limit Arizona to a buck 40, and we lose that game. And then we play Northwestern and beat them, and but we allowed them to do 228 and three touchdowns against us. So. This, this team is literally linchpinned on the offense, and the defense can't be there every single week to just be as dominant and get touchdowns. I mean, they've got two touchdowns on the year, and State has 10 in the air and three on the ground, and it's not evenly distributed, and it all is up to the worky. So 
Um, I think they did come out and squeak one out when they needed to, but they still played solid even though the defense got picked on a little bit. Okay. That's, that's fine. I just, but, like I said, I, I, I watched I watched a good majority of this game. I really did. And when I watched it, I personally saw that one, I would like to point out the other thing. Uh, if you're listening, Indiana's head coach, calm down. You're going to die on the sideline <laughs> if you don't calm the heck down. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, but you don't need it to get through all all that game. Relax. It's okay. Things are going to be all right. I swear to God, that dude, I was waiting for that dude to just start grabbing his left arm and just flop over. Yeah, uh, he, he was extra times a million. Was, and, and I, but I'm all for hyping your guys up. This is a game that, going into it, there are no odds that say that Indiana should have been even in this game. Your defense is that good. You have a, a serviceable offense that is at times a good offense. Like you said, it's hit or miss from here or there. But there's no reason Indiana. So you get them as juiced up as you can. Give them that mentality that if you go out and go 100 all the way, we can we can be in this game. And they were in this game for quite a while. So, But then I, I don't know what it was. You get, they got into the fourth quarter, and it's almost like he panicked. It's almost like he thought, well, we can't afford to eat up time. We have to, we have to score, score, score. And that's not a good idea because you after the first possession, you saw what happened. Every time you drop back and try to throw it deep, you, Michigan State has decent corners. They're, they're not just going to give you the deep ball. And that defensive line and linebackers, they're going to get to you. So I don't know why you look at it and go, well, that, that didn't work. Let's maybe try what we had going and see what we can get out of that. So, um, Russ, both sides have been covered. I guess which side do you fall on? Did Michigan State win this one, or did Indiana kind of hand it over a little bit? Um, anytime we're... The worky actually put up a good day. I'm gonna lean towards state actually won it. Okay. Um, I, I I do think hey it's 34-31 and this raises a lot of questions about the defense that hadn't given up seven more than 17 points yet and gives up uh, within 13 points of, of as many collectively they've given up the rest of the season. Um, so that's concerning. But they they weren't. They weren't able to actually give it away, and the defense did show up to seal the game at the end of it. If it was a, uh, if we're talking a missed field goal, and that's why it finished, my opinion might be a little different. But the defense did ultimately, when they absolutely needed to, maybe not the rest of the game, uh, they did show up. So I'm still going to give State credit for winning this one, even though that's definitely not how I expected that game to go. Mm-hmm. All right, now everybody be ready. Eric's trademark line is going to come right now. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Oh, to be fair. There is a guy on this team. There is a guy on Indiana's team, the receiver named Wop. I'm assuming this is his name, Wop Fillier, who uh, had 142 receiving yards. So he had half of the receiving yards for that team, or uh, he had half the receiving yards. So, I mean, one guy really did, like, you know, cause problems for them. I agree that when Lewerke, but see, that's also to me a little bit of a thing. Why is your starting quarterback your leading rusher? Why is this, why is Collins not having that kind of day? Why are you getting away from that? That's where I'm, and, and I mean, Lewerke went 18 to 36. Russ, I'm not great at math. Not that's great. damn near close to 50%. Yeah, you, you were, that's not great. That's not great at all. Not that 32 or 42 is much better. You had to chuck the ball a lot. To do this, but though, like I said, those are Lewerke like numbers. Lewerke usually has to get really close to forty attempts for this for them to be in it, which makes me wonder why is this running back who you like? It, why is this running back so hit or miss? 
Why is there not a balance in this offense? Uh, yeah, Jay, no, I, you got an answer. Go for it. No, that that's my biggest concern. I, I went back through every single game. Connor Hayward led our team in rushing in game one, and then it was Elijah Collins for two, and then we just had Lewerke go ham and beat him out with attempts and yards. Yep. We only have three rushing touchdowns on the ground, and two of those are from Elijah Collins. The other one was from Hayward in game one. So I don't, we, I don't feel comfortable having to trust the workies arm week in and week out. We have to establish the run. So the fact that I saw the workie leading the team in rushing, I think he had one for 30. So that kind of helps his numbers in terms of yardage, but I, I don't want him moving out of the pocket. I don't need him getting hurt. And then we're recycling this whole, you know, 2017 over again, just sit still and let Elijah Collins do his job. But we're, it's not working right now for some reason. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's talk about a game where I think you're going to see very little out of Elijah Collins because you have to go against probably the best team in the Big Ten. Michigan State faces off against Ohio State this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a rough day, Jay. I, I believe, to use your words uh, from a couple weeks ago, you guys are going to have – or was it one fucking great time or something like that that you said about us <laughs> against Wisconsin? To use your words, it, it's it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun for you. Uh 89% favorite Ohio State. The spread's 20, and the over-under is just a shade under 50. Uh, mm-hmm. I, earlier it was right at 40, so my numbers are off of I'm, – I'm taking my over-under off of 40, but – or 49. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. That being said, because I want to get out of the way and I want to give you all the time in the world to talk about your Spartans against these Buckeyes, I, I obviously have you losing. I don't think anyone's surprised that I have you losing. But I have you losing in a much closer score than I think it should be. I have you guys losing 30-19. to I think your offense, I mean your kicker, your little ginger kicker who needs to make up for some some faults, I think you're going to see him out there a lot. I think you guys are going to put one in the end zone. I'm not expecting this to be some kind of... 45 to 3 route. Your defense is good enough that you can that they shouldn't score on you every time. But your defense is going to have a hard time. Obviously this is Ohio State. So I have it as uh 30 to 19. So you're okay. going to you can cover the spread. You uh, you you don't need all the points. But uh you're going to lose. And I it sh- I think it's going to be a lot worse than that, but as I looked over it, I think that if your defense can play the way your defense should play you can make it hard for Ohio State, but it's going to be more of a you're going to make it hard for them for the first half, and then they're going to start you're going to start seeing them pull away uh, in the end. So I have this thirty nineteen. Uh, Russ, where are you going with this game? Um, for me, looking at a twenty point spread, um, looking at Ohio State, who is the number three team in offensive efficiency, number two team in defensive efficiency. Hey, that spread might be just right. Okay. Um, the problem is they have Dobbins and they have Fields, and how do you stop both? Exactly. Um, I, I think they have a better chance of stopping Dobbins. He, he's looked a lot better than that first game that I got to see him in person. Um, but Michigan State last scored a touchdown against Ohio State in 2016. The last mm. two times they've played, Michigan State has lost by a combined 65 points. Lost four of the last five. It's It's not pretty. But that's what everyone looks like against Ohio State recently. So it's it's not necessarily special how it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Michigan State will cover. 
um, some of the same reasons. I think the defense bounces, bounces back, and Ohio State does not have a propensity to exactly step on the throat of their opponents when it gets in hand. So I'll go with 33-17, uh, win for the Buckeyes. I'm not exactly happy, but I don't think either way I'd be happy with this game. Yeah. So, I mean, Jay, you see the scores. Russ and I aren't that far off. We it, It's an L, but it's not necessarily a, a shameful L. It's it's one of those ones where you could probably take some things away from it and see where you benefited. Uh, you're the Spartan guy. You're, you're Mr. Salty. I want to see. Are you going to get salty here, or are you going to have some optimism when it comes to your Spartans taking on the Buckeyes? I... I have Michigan State winning thirty to twenty-seven. Oh God! Oh boy! No way. Here we are. Michigan State's going to win this game if we can put together their defense against Arizona State, their special teams against Northwestern, and their offense against Indy. If they can Frankenstein the hell out of their first several weeks and finally put it all together on a big stage, I think they could do it. the The last time, now here's some facts that are probably going to go against that theory. But it's just it, it's the law of averages. It's, it, it's time to have something happen again. Ohio State has not lost a football game since October 20th of 2018. They were matched up against Purdue, and Purdue was able to hold their weight yard for yard as well as no turnovers and an equal share in time and possession, and they did it. They shocked the world against Ohio State last year. Uh, two teams have been able to do this to them. Uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. This is my other point. If we can hold Ohio State to under 30 points, I think we're going to win. Washington and Penn State was able to do that, and they actually controlled their offense, uh, defensively, that is. So if we can hold Ohio State to 30 points or less, obviously not 30 because i got it going 30 to 27, um, and do what Purdue did last year and hold their – like you have to go inch for inch with them on every single statistical measure. And I think if they do that, this will be their first loss of the year, and i got Michigan State winning 30 to 27. Okay. Uh, I saved, no, I feel, I feel I good. Saved, they do it. If they do it, we start the show next week with the Michigan State fight song. I'll take that bet. I'll, that's fine. I'll do that. Baby. I'll do it, there. baby. They lose. We're starting it with Hail to the Victors. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> if Michigan loses, I don't think, too, no, no, no. This is where no, no, no. This is where he has to back up his call. I called last week that the Lions were going to win. I. I, I was. It was a bold prediction. It almost happened. But I'll take the. I'll. I'll eat the shame of being that person. Jay, if you're going to say that your Spartans are going to beat one of the best teams in the country, mm-hmm. I want to see if you'll back it up. But also, I'm fine with that. Me, if, if you have to start this show with Michigan's fight song, it might be a double fun fest for me. So I'm. I'm quite fine with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, but now, me being me, I. You know me. I have to. I have to call you on some things. So. Because I I didn't catch all of it, what they need to have the offense of which game? I want the offense against Indy. Okay, I want, you want the offense the, that we just had against Indiana. You want the defense against Arizona State. Yeah, and you want the special teams of what? Northwestern. I just threw that in there. Okay, that's cute. fine. That's fine. So uh, I just want to circle back to one. You want the defense of Arizona State? Yeah, we held we held uh, what's the yeah, defense only 140 yards. Of against Arizona State, Jay, you guys should have yeah. held them to. You guys should have held them to three points. Hey, hey they're a ranked team. 
for now. Hey. Okay, but let's leave, let's talk leave, about leave, this here. Leave that's like Edwards alone. That's like, but I'm saying they're a ranked team. Yes, but that's like saying that, like that's like comparing Alabama, and I, I don't even know the ranking of that low of a team that's in like the like towards the bottom of the twenties. There's two different right, things there. You're getting lost in the sauce here. We need we need to Frankenstein this in order to win. I think they have been able to show certain portions of their 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 services that we could put it all together. We will kick Ohio State in the teeth. I think we could do it. You can swap it out for whatever you want. I'll take I'll take uh, the Tulsa defense. That, but that, that's what I'm saying. I think that's I fine. think if you're gonna yeah I think if you're gonna do that, why wouldn't you take the Tulsa one or why wouldn't you take the offense when you put up 51 points against Western? That's whether because I need Lewerke. I need Lewerke to ball. I don't need our defense getting us points. I need Lewerke getting us points. Okay, I, I, I just think <laughs> I, I, I understand. But Lewerke was twenty. Lewerke honestly, like passing wise, had an amazing game. Lewerke was twenty three of thirty two for three fourteen and three touchdowns. Not to mention Collins rushed for almost two hundred yards. Tell me how that's not offensive production as a whole against Western. Against Western. Uh, I mean, had, it was, but, had, it, it, you, but it was also Western. I saw that coming from a mile away. But the last it, it doesn't matter. Played, there's, still, there's, there's still 11 guys on the field. Like, you, you still have to complete the passes. You still have to execute the blocking and all that. Yes, you're a better team by far. But if you're talking about wanting the production of something, why wouldn't you want the best production you've had all year? I just like the way we looked against Indy compared to Western because I knew Western was going to make us look like superstars the same way that you guys look like superstars because of Rutgers. Same thing. I I understand. I, I I totally understand. I just think one. I think it's a reach to say you're going to win, but I, I honestly I, I like the fact that you're backing your team. You support them, even though this is a David and Goliath situation. But to be fair, David won, so I, I get what you're saying. I just think I don't know. I, I don't really know what you're thinking. We, we can workshop the Frankenstein yeah. later. We're still winning thirty to twenty. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen. Jay, I honestly, I I would love to see you guys win. I think that would be amazing. That's a that's a huge upset. It really is. And we saw, I mean, we almost saw an upset this past week when with North Carolina Clemson. So I'd love to see the underdog team come in and take out a top four team. I think that'd be awesome. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I'm rooting for you. I'm pulling for you. I think that first half's going to look great for you guys. I really do. And then Let's get it. when they put their backup, when Ohio State puts their backup quarterback in in the fourth quarter, Oof. it'll be a little less fun for you. But it's okay. And trust me, it's happening, buddy. I'm no, I'm no one to talk. I'm a Michigan fan. We're we're not necessarily having a stellar year as it is. But you do for me. I I have to return to you. So it is what it is. Uh, all right. So we got two losses and a win. Big bold prediction by Jay. Uh, listen for that uh, Michigan State fight song next week if uh, you guys can pull it off. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm. Yeah, Sw- switching over. Oh, oh. Wait, wait, wait! Shouldn't it be the CMU fight song though? Nah, uh, don't, don't lost in the sauce again. My lost friend. in the oh, sauce. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would never do that. That's that's not fair to do. We don't need a community college fight song. It's okay. Uh, oh. I love. Jay, I love you, dude. It's so much fun. No, I. Best of luck to your Spartans. I really hope they can pull it off. Uh, Russ, mm-hmm. there's so much fun to talk about this game, but then you have to remember it's Rutgers. Like, yeah. So, it, it, like Jay said, though, it really was one of those, you know, 
ego inflating games, but you got to kind of check your ego because you got to remember it's a Rutgers team that's one and three. And oh, by the way, they fired their head coach after this game. They flat out said, listen, that's enough. Just go, go away. So I'd be curious to wonder if he even got on the bus. I don't know if they did. They even let him on the bus. Did they put him put him in a hotel and just like say, "Listen, take take a, take an Uber." Like this isn't happening. Um, hey, I uh, I can't find my hotel key. Could I? <laughs> no, sir. You you don't have a room here. <laughs> uh, I, I, my 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 two big notes. Obviously, the the 141 team rushing yards. I liked that. I liked seeing it. You know. No one really broke, but we stuck to the run still. We tried to get a couple guys involved. My one concerning note, and this shouldn't be a concern. I think it is a product of Michigan's offense. Uh, Shea Patterson, 17-23, 276. All that's good and well. Here's what I don't like. Only one passing touchdown. I would have liked to have seen Shea put, you know, two or three in the end zone. Would have liked to have seen him kind of, you know, find his rhythm as the quarterback obviously the fumbling thing we didn't have that that's nice all good but I would have liked to have seen Shea kind of you know pad the stats a little more get a little bit more comfortable with these receivers as we about as we're about to go into big 10 games that are really going to be a challenge I think that's about the most comfortable he has looked though it is but I mean when you're talking about a team like Rutgers I I think I could have I think I mean Obviously, he was our best running back. He, he had three rushing touchdowns on four carries. So there, there are the other couple touchdowns. But I would have liked to have seen him kind of roll out, maybe hit a tight end, you know, just a, just a little bit. I mean, once it got to be in the high 30s to zero, we were pretty comfortable. So it's like I would like to see you maybe try to let's, – let's try to work out the kinks with some of these receivers, the overthrows, guys maybe not running the right route, just like that. I mean, it would have been a little bit nicer to see, I think. Well, I mean, for me, there was – Seven passes of 20 yards or more. That was a big missing piece, and, and that's something that I really liked. And, geez, at what point in the, in the game do you go, eh, we're up 30, I'm just going to keep pouring it on. Like, yeah. I, I get it, but they, they only passed about 27 times, right? And that was with Shea leaving the game for the backups to come in. Um, I'm, I'm actually more concerned with the rushing. Um, you said 141 team yards, sure, but – it's a 3.4 yards per carry average there across yeah. everyone. No, no one broke 50 yards. Only three guys had more than four carries, and only one player, one, had at least five yards per carry, and he had exactly five. Yep. That's not an effect. That's a choppy, ineffective run game against Rutgers. And when you run the ball 41 times in a game, I, I expect more than that, especially when you win 52 nothing. So that was a little concerning. Um yeah, but when you have when you have forty one carries as a team and the leading carrier only had eleven of those, mm-hmm. you, you can see they they tried to they tried to have other people they tried to have a little you know mix it up. They knew let's oh, get some guys on the field. They could have easily but no you know one did it well. I, I agree. I agree with that. I'm just saying they could have easily just stuck with you know Turner, Haskins, uh, Charbonnet, and that been it they could have easily just mm-hmm. let all three of those guys and then those numbers would probably look a little bit better i mean at the way they're going if you if you take the other i don't know between the three of them they had 20 25 carries so if you take the other you know 15 carries 16 carries and spread it out between them the numbers are going to inflate a little bit i mean mm-hmm. they you know true wilson had carries it 
So I, I see what you're saying on the averages, but at the same time, you got to think of the fact that their number one rusher only got the ball like 11 times. If they if they bounce it out a little more, those numbers may look a little different, and you don't know. Maybe one of those guys breaks somewhere in there. So I, I get what you're saying where that's not the – for me, it was more the fact that we, we, we broke the 100, we, we, you know, 140, and we it was a balanced thing. There wasn't one dude doing it. Like a couple of weeks ago when we had Charbonnet carry the ball 33 times. And he only averaged like yards, yeah, and he only awful. averaged like three yards a carry, so yep. that like that's what I'm saying. Where I saw they got more guys involved to kind of see. All right, as we get into these games, who's someone that we you know we can lean on if we need you know five six carries out of them, and they'll be productive and not we won't have negative yards out of them. That's more what I I was talking about in that way. Hundred, it okay. should have been three hundred rushing yards against Rutgers, but. Yeah, I mean, at it least around it's... closer to 200 is what I would expect for yeah. 41 rushing attempts, no yeah. matter who it was. But, I mean, that's it's kind of been a common thing. Like, even when you said we did feed the one guy, it wasn't efficient. This team has not run the ball efficient the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, the passing finally started to look like it got there. And is it because Gaddis is on the sideline? Is this a ridiculous storyline that we've got going here, or – was I the only one completely no, baffled you, you, about you, you, you led right into my next note, and that was going to be, and this was going to actually be geared towards Jay. I wanted to ask Jay this because you're the outsider looking in in this perspective. How much of a change did you see out of that sideline, out of that offense, out of just the overall productivity and confidence from, la- obviously these are two very different games, but the last couple games with Gaddis sitting in a booth, and this game where Gaddis is on that sideline, he's the first person Shea sees when he walks off the field. It just, to me, it felt like a totally different team, and I like it. The only downside, I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh hates Gaddis. Pretty sure they don't <laughs> like each other. And that's okay. That's why he might have been in the booth for fear of his life. But, Jay, as an outsider looking in, you know, as someone who's objective, I know this is going to be a salty response, but what? how much of a difference did you see from last week to this week? on that sideline. Uh, you know what? I actually have a note on them. Let me pull that up. Hang on. Oh, here it is. I don't care. Didn't play a real game. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> no, it, it, it was refreshing to see the man who's supposed to be your offensive coordinator play the role. He got to dress up and be on the sideline and be active and on camera. So I, I think he should be down there regardless of who you're playing. It just so happened to line up that you did it against a team that, of course, you're going to dominate whether he was sitting up in a booth getting popcorn from the vending machine or on the sideline. So um, I, I think it's nice. I do like the drama within, though, between him and Gaddis, between Harbaugh and Gaddis. So hopefully that's real because I'll watch that show because I, I did not watch you play Rutgers. Um. I would like to say this. Very, very ballsy move saying that to the guy who can literally cut everything you say out of this show and just make it so you (laughs) don't appear at all. So very ballsy move. I I, I will say that. Very ballsy. That being said, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And now if you cut him out, it's going to sound like you said it to me. Go fuck yourself. Um, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, though, because everything's been merry-go-lucky around in our neck of the woods, but we're getting into the deep of, of our teams that we root for. We should be pivoted against each other by now, so I'm happy this is happening. Yeah. All right, so now let's ask the question to someone that will give me a real answer. Uh, Ross, <laughs> you and I, yeah. were, we were obviously in the group text texting about this as we, as we went along, but 
Same question. What kind of difference did you see from last week to this week? Obviously, production, take that away. But I'm just talking about on that sideline and how that offense looked in the way of communication. Well, things looked a little more natural. You know, I, I don't know how much I buy into it was, hey, it was Gaddis on the ground. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think maybe that did affect that I did see as a difference as well is the game didn't seem quite so scripted. You know, we saw, especially with Army, it was, oh, well, this is what the game plan was, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to do. Whereas they seem to be a little more free-flowing and willing to try different things. And maybe part of that is, again, it's Rutgers, so you get to try new things. But it seemed to be more of a practice atmosphere with the offense, that they hung a little bit more loose, they huddled up, they tried different things. They were able to adapt and not just stick to the same thing. And if that's what it takes for Gaddis to you know, be an effective offensive coordinator, you know, what he's supposed to be doing, then, yeah, people him to the bench and keep him down there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we got a lot to talk about, so let's get to this one. Uh, Justin, you didn't care about this past week. Maybe you'll care about this week because this is a real team. Uh, Iowa Hawkeyes, Michigan Wolverines. 62% favorite on U of M, that's ESPN. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point spread. The over-under sits at 47-and-a-half. It's pretty simple, pretty cut and dry. Jay, give me a score, give me a winner. Let's hear it. All right, well, you're not going to like this, then. Um, <laughs> Iowa has only turned the ball over once this whole season, yeah. and it wasn't against Rutgers like you guys did. Um, Nate Stanley hasn't thrown a single interception yet for Iowa. Iowa has three guys who average over five yards per carry with at least 30 attempts. Michigan has no one who averages over five yards a carry with 30 attempts. I'm going Iowa 33, U of M 17. So to put all those numbers into context, Iowa has played Miami of Ohio, Rutgers, they have. <laughs> Iowa State, and Middle Tennessee State. We've played two of those teams. Yeah, you are talking correct. about not a real team. Yeah. No, you, you are you are dead money on who they've actually played. I just honestly think that it's cliche in terms of, you know, turnovers, win championships, whatever you want to say. You can't turn the ball over and Iowa oh, does no, not you're right. there. Do, Iowa does not do that at all. And their quarterback has not thrown a single interception yet. So if they stick to their game plan and they know how to have ball security, maybe they're not putting up thirty three but they're going to give you guys no opportunities to have turnovers. You have to take advantage of when you have the ball. I don't think Michigan can work under those circumstances. So. Well, I'm you, going Iowa 33. You have Iowa 33, Michigan what? 17. 17. All right, well, uh, you picked Michigan State to win, so I'm going to assume that every number you gave me was messed up because you're a crazy person. So no, those are real stats. You uh, have it, a single it, guy ever listen, five yards. listen, whatever you say, you have a broken calculator, but I, I, I'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got you got Iowa winning. That's not really a surprise. I kind of thought that's what we were going to get. Russ, over to you. Iowa, Michigan. You know the numbers. Uh, what do you guys have score? So I, I have a twenty-four twenty-three game. We'll, we'll get to the winner in a second here. Um, something I was expecting Jay to point out when he was touting Iowa. They don't take penalties either. Only 16 penalties so far, four per game. Uh, that's going to be another thing that will be hard to take advantage of them. And Michigan has lost five of the last six games against Iowa. So it hasn't been good. They're worse in efficiency for defense and offense. But let's look at this very, very important one thing. 
since Harbaugh took over as Michigan's head coach, they have lost at home to Michigan State and Ohio State in the Big Ten. That's it. The only Big Ten teams that they've lost to at home since Harbaugh's been the head coach. They've only lost two home games in the Big Ten since 2016. So Michigan comes out 24-23. Iowa should probably be favored in this game. But they'll find a way to pull it off because that, if anything, is the one thing you can count on with a Harbaugh team, unless it's, you know, Ohio State. (laughs) Um, All right, well, real quick, for the 3,237th time, that is an actual stat, Russ is reading my notes. So should Iowa be favored? Yes. Should Iowa probably come away with this one just going off the numbers? Yes. I have Michigan winning 24-21. I'm looking forward to, I think this is going to turn out to be a real Big Ten old school slugfest. Last guy to have the ball, marching it down the field kind of thing. And I just think, Jay, you set up a lot of great numbers but they're going to happen eventually. I'm not saying that Michigan's going to be the defense to pick you know, Stanley off three times. I'm not saying that Michigan's the defense that's going to take those five yards of carry and knock them down to you know, three and a half. I'm not saying any of that. I am saying, though, it's very rare to see a guy play 12 straight games and not have Heisman winners have interceptions. So just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he's not going to do it eventually, whether it's at, against Michigan or whether it's against you know, a, a later team. Nobody thought Patrick Mahomes was not going to throw a touchdown against the Lions, but it happened. So I have Michigan winning. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game to watch. I just, we, it was Rutgers, but we did a great job of no fumbles, executing what we needed to execute, and I they need to carry that on. If nothing else, they need to carry execute, no turnovers, and like you said, Jay, uh, or Russ, I'm sorry, penalties can't have them because you know Iowa doesn't appear to have them that often either so uh, I gotta win 24-21 so we'll see how it goes should be two entertaining games uh, and we'll we'll be recapping this next week and uh, Jay will probably be in a bad mood (laughs) Um, I win either way I'm either mad or I'm happy yeah but one of those isn't a win Jay like dear (laughs) yeah but when I'm mad I'm even better at what I'm doing I'm not saying Jay Uh, Jay, you are one of the best people when it comes to giving the straightforward truth, whether it's going to be liked or not. I do worry about your blood pressure, though, if you're happy to be mad. I really worry about that. So, All right, let's move on to something. This was a topic I honestly wanted to have this topic a couple weeks ago, and it's just fortuitous that more guys have gone down since. Uh, We're going to get to the NFL. We're going to get to the Lions. But real quick, there seems to be a little phenomenon going on. Last year it was... Kickers hitting field goal posts left and right. Kickers just couldn't do it. It's carried over a little bit to this year, too, partly because the GOAT has just lost his ability to kick field goals. But the other little trend seems to be if you have a starting quarterback, there's a statistical chance he might not play because he's probably going to get hurt because half the NFL, it seems like, is all backup quarterbacks right now. Nick Foles, not playing. Breeze, out. Uh, You've got Cam, out. You've got Big Ben, out. Sam Darnold kissed too many girls and one of them had a disease. Just Trubisky, out. Allegedly. Allegedly. We cannot prove that. Allegedly. So all these backups are playing. And the question I wanted to ask you guys, Russ, I'll let you go first here. Of all these guys, most of these guys know once the quarterback's back, they're, they're not starting anymore. But there are a few where you could probably make the argument. So of all these guys, is there a backup who you can legitimately say, 
whether it's this season or next season, you might have a little bit of a, co- a QB controversy going? Uh, yeah, there's actually two there that, that immediately jumped out. I, I'll stay away from, like, Haskins and Daniel Jones because they were the heir apparent anyways. Yeah. But Kyle Allen in Carolina. Yep. Uh, Cam Newton's got one year left on his deal after this year, and he's been nothing but hurt recently. And Kyle Allen, they think so much of him that he's already leapfrogged Will Greer, who was a third-round pick for them this past year. That's very true, my boy Will Greer. Um, and then Gardner Minshew is going to Wally Pip, uh, <laughs> here, or or as we can call it, Matt Flynn, right? Uh, Journeyman, kind of backup guy, has a couple real big games, gets some big money, uh, and then the rookie comes in and swoops him away, a la Russell Wilson. Minshew's here to stay, I think. Uh, I, I, the pipping, the flinning, it's already happened. This, this is his job. Yeah, he's a character, Uncle Rico. Till the day he dies. I, I love the little feature they did together. That was great. It was hilarious. That was um, funny. I, I will agree. Uh, will Greer was the one. And actually, you you know, Kyle Allen was the one that was going to be my little bit of a, I, I thought there was a chance, a little bit of a reach. But like you said, Newton doesn't have a lot of time. And to, honestly, there's not a lot of stuff on the field the last couple of years where you go, yeah, Cam, we, we can't afford to lose Cam. Is he a great athlete? Yeah. But is he an amazing quarterback? That remains to be seen. He had an MVP year. That's fine. Uh, I do agree, though, about Gardner Minshew. I think he is very, very good, and it, it it should be fun. Jay, the three that, to me, that are the most interesting, though, or at least the two, are the Jets and the Bills, because neither of those teams are really going anywhere. They're not, I mean, the Jets, for sure, they're not a great team. So you got to wonder, like, Darnold is the guy, but if Falk goes out and has a good year, can you afford to say, well, we're still going to start Darnold because there's no real justifiable reason. If Falk's going to win you games, why is Falk not on the field? I mean, they're, they're still going to go with Darnold, though. I mean, that's, that's who they drafted. That's, that's supposed to be the future of their franchise. So even if he has a good game or not, I think there's a reason why we're just talking about Falk now to begin with. So, he, I mean, that has to be Darnold's team. I wouldn't buy into that. I mean, there there is one on that list that should happen, but exactly won't happen. Okay, that's what's the that? One that pisses me off the most. Mason Rudolph and Big Ben. Big Ben should be done. Like by all accounts, like this dude always gets hurt. He's very very old. He lived through the Le'Veon and Antonio Brown era. He's onto that next wave of talent playing for him. He's always getting hurt, and now he I think he screwed up his elbow or his arm or something stupid. Like yeah. How how are they – I don't know what his contract looks like by any means, but if he's anywhere in the world like a Cam where he's got a couple years left and that's it, they should – that franchise is too much of a big brand to just let Big Ben drag them around. He's eventually going to have to go, but it won't happen, especially with Mason Rudolph, but they're going to have to move away from him eventually. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I liked I, – I watched the Bengals game the other night. Uh, Mason Rudolph looks good. He really does, obviously – you're, you know, you're filling in for a Hall of Fame quarterback, and it's it's one of those things where no matter what he does, he's going to get to play. Uh, it's the same as Breeze, though. Like, Bridgewater could go out and have a stellar, stellar season. It's Drew Breeze. You're not going to say, hey, Drew, love what you're doing. Take a seat. It's just not going right. to happen. It, 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 it would never happen. And that's the sad thing about uh, also on uh, April 14th of this year, uh Roethlisberger signed a two-year contract extension with the Steelers, worth sixty-three million and a or sixty-eight million and a thirty. Guy signed basically got like ninety million dollars out of this because he's got a thirty-seven point five million dollars signing bonus. 
So they're not going any take a year off. Yeah, they're not going away from Roethlisberger anytime soon. So sure. uh, no, I, Mason Rudolph is one, and that's that's the thing. I agree with you. That is one where you can make a you could probably make an argument for it. You, you you went and you got rid of the the receiver. You got rid of the running back that everybody thought were going to be the future of the franchise. Obviously, those two didn't want to be there anymore, so that's a different story. But you, you've got two new pieces of the you know the three headed monster. Maybe Ben isn't the guy. You just like you said, he is a little older. He's been in the league now for close to fifteen years, so. Maybe he's not that guy. Maybe it's time to move on and move in that new direction. And if Mason Rudolph's your guy, all the power to you. Uh, I mean, I would love to see Kyle Allen. Like you said, Russ, we're not really going to go with Daniel Jones or Haskins because we knew those guys were going to be on the field eventually anyway. Uh, The only one that, to me, is interesting, and I don't know about you guys, I've said great things about him when he plays, but I kind of – don't know about Trubisky. I, I still have my even a couple years in. I Dude still have my reserve. What's that? He can't throw to the left. His passer rating drops significantly when he has to throw to the left. Oh, and, and that's what I'm saying is I I'm not trying to say give up on him right now because obviously they're not going to. But Chase Daniels is a proven backup. He's played in this league for quite a few years and he's backed up quite a few good quarterbacks. It is also part of that situation of he just never seemed to be able to get on a team where he had a chance to fight for the you know, the starting job. I mean, he backed up Drew Brees for years. Then he goes to Kansas City. Now he's in Chicago. He just never really was able to find that opening where he could compete for a roster spot. This is kind of your window. Trubisky, we don't really know how long he's out for. We know he's out for a bit. You get, you're going to get at least a game or two out of him. Get out there and like sling this thing. If nothing else, you maybe open the eyes of a team next year that needs a quarterback. Miami is probably going to have to get rid of both those guys because... They, they're bad anyway. Tua. 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 Yeah. Uh, Jake <laughs> Fromm. Jake Fromm. Uh, we'll see. So, uh, we. I just wanted to talk about that. I thought it was very interesting. Kind of a, a fun topic. Uh, real quick before we get in the Lions. I didn't tell you guys about this one. I wanted to get a honest reaction out of it. Uh, obviously, this is the 100th year of the NFL. So, over the last couple weeks, the NFL has been putting out their top 100 plays of all time. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I want to get your opinion on what you think of their official top five plays of all time. The number five play of all time, according to the NFL's voting, is the Pats Super Bowl interception against the Seahawks. That's number five. Oh, in the end zone? In the end zone. When they should have ran the ball? When they should have ran the ball. Good Uh, job, Bevel. Number four, (laughs) the Music City Miracle Tennessee Titans, which is still to this day questionable. Was it a forward pass or not? I When I see that ball, I see that ball go forward. I don't know about anybody else. I see it go forward. Obviously, it was an NFL ref, so you knew it wasn't going to be the right call anyway. We'll, we'll take that as it is. That's number four. Number three, the worst catch in the history of the world because it took away the perfect season, David Tyree's catch for the Giants in the Super Bowl against the then undefeated New England Patriots. That's number three. Number two, you couldn't leave this guy off the list. It is Joe Montana's The Catch against Dallas. I personally think it's the greatest play of all time, but that's okay. It's top two, so I can live with it. Number one, greatest play of all time. Do either of you want to, if you haven't seen it, do either of you want to venture a guess what number one is? The Immaculate Reception. 
That is the Immaculate Reception. Yeah. Franco Harris. Anytime immac- you got a nickname, it's gonna be up there. That's I, I, you look at this. Nice. Three of the three of the five are nicknamed, so that's great. But I want to ask you both because I, I struggled. I really I thought through it. I thought through it. I thought through it. Do either of you have one that you think should have been on this list? I mean, on this list as a top five, not that it's not on the list somewhere else. Is one of the, was there a play in the history of the NFL that you, when you think about it, you can remember and say that should have been on there? And no, we Matthew cannot Stafford say. I would say no, we cannot say. And Dominican Sue stomping. Dominican Sue stomped. Can't be on there. Cole McCoy. He did. Uh, I'm sorry. You said Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford to Brandon Pettigrew, one play after being out of the game and having to push the medical staff out of uh, the way. Yes. I, I am, of course, being a little tongue-in-cheek. But it was a great play. It, 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 you know, it solidified him to this city, though, endearing oh, all yeah. the way. Uh, Jay, is there any play, when you think about it, that you just think that should have been on there? I mean, outside of, uh, you know, a team fumbling on the one and a defensive back taking oh. all the way to the house for 100 yards, I can't really think of another one that has recently happened. Oh. We're, we're not there. Why are you the way that you are? We're not there yet, Jay. <laughs> we're not there yet. Why, why would you? Do- I, no, I, I can't. I can't argue with that list. No. I've got nothing else to add to that. I think I, 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 that's what I got. All right. This one, and again, I don't know that it's not on there, but I would like to maybe bring it in. The Super Bowl interception was amazing. It was a little more of a bad offensive call. I mean, it was a great defensive play, but it was a really bad offensive call. You have a guy that I, I think doesn't ever lose yards, so why you don't run with Marshawn, I don't know. Mine, and this might just be a little sentimental, because it was the first. I believe he was the first person to ever do it. I'm going to go with Devin Hester kick return in the Super Bowl for a touchdown against the Colts. No one had ever done it, if I remember correctly, on an opening kickoff in a Super Bowl. And Devin Hester had a year that year. He returned everything they kicked to him for a touchdown. So I'm going to go with Devin Hester, 100-yard kick return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I just think it was a great play. And if, you, like you said, Russ, it has a nickname. If you're the first one to ever do it, that's kind of something, in my opinion. Oh, well, yeah, especially when it's not like Super Bowl two when it happens. Well, exactly. Like, yeah, we've been we're, playing them for a long time. I believe this then. was like 10 years ago. So, yeah, you're, 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 you're well into the Super Bowl uh, history there, so that's I, I think that's one that you can solidify. Uh, <laughs> um, Jay, I hate you, but you you segued it, so we'll go with it. Thirty-four, thirty, Kansas City Chiefs. I, I really, I honestly, this was a game where I don't know that I've ever been more. I, I pulled the Justin. I was standing up, pacing in front of my TV, yelling at the TV because. I was so invested. Partly I wanted this. I want the Lions to win, but I also saw this. This is a golden opportunity. Nine out of ten times, that game's not that close. It was just everything seemed to work out, and even the things that didn't work out, you know, we, we still somehow responded to in some way or another. Uh, there's just so many points to talk about. Uh, Lions, 447 total yards. Stafford passed for 261. Team is a... Team overall rushed for 186, 125 of that's carry-on. Uh, Stafford had three touchdowns. Kenny Galladay should have had three touchdowns in this game, but he had five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Uh, defense allowed 438 total yards. You knew that Kansas City was going to put up numbers. Mahomes passed for 315. Uh, the team 
all together rush for 123. Uh, like I said, a lot to cover, but I'm going to ask this question right away. Let's get it out of the way. Which was the worst call, Russ? The no touchdown for Galladay or the fumble at the goal line? Well, is it the fact that it was a fumble or everything that happened after? It's the fact that they, the ball was down at the goal line. It was a fumble, but the ball was down at the goal line because you have a so after the fumble. You have a 300-and-something-pound lineman kneeling in the end zone with two lions on him, and he's shuffling the ball over to another player. How is that not a down ball? If a if quarterback knees, kneels down with the ball in their hand, the play is over. How is that not mm-hmm. a down ball? So well, of those two, which was the worst call? Oh, it's it's definitely what happens after the fumble on that play. I, you had officials running to stop the ball. <laughs> like that's yeah. You play to the whistle, right? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to. It's it's hammered into your head from the very beginning. So I'm not going to say the Lions are blameless on this, but the catch when we see a play like that every week get called not a catch. Doesn't mean I especially like it, but it's it happens. The body language, the way that whole thing was handled. The whole time I'm watching this going, oh, yeah, this is the same crew from that Saints game. They're not going to blow the whistle because they're afraid they're going to mess it up again. And they did anyways. So, I, uh, yeah, that, that was the worst call. Okay. what happens after the fumble. Uh, Justin, I'm assuming you're going to go with the fumble because you already mentioned it earlier. So my question for you, no slay, digs out early. I mean, what does it say about this team and how hard they are, how hard they try, that they were even able to stay in this with two of their best secondary secondary players out for the entire game, and we still managed to make a game out of it. And that that's kind of what I ended up focusing on after it was all said and done. Is that I was impressed. I, I actually enjoyed the game from an entertainment standpoint. And I loved what I saw Stafford was doing outside of all of the you know, the, the large pivoting points that changed the story of the game, I'm I'm impressed. And I'm not saying we're going to go all the way and win a championship, but I just, I, I like the way that we're clicking. We keep having this consistent basis of keying in on certain players and hanging in there with teams. We've never been out of any game that we've played. And I, I look forward to that from an entertainment value. It was gut-wrenching when that ball just leisurely walked up. 99 or 100 yards down the field and they got that touchdown pissed me off when we had the, the phantom uh roughing the passer call where we touched Mahomes hand or some shit or his elbow and we had a 15-yard penalty on that those things are like the uh, uh the emotional stuff that drove me during the game that pissed me off but when I got out of that mode I loved it I liked what we did and I think there's some hope going you know for the rest of the season especially against the Packers coming up so I really like what I saw yeah uh Russ kind of stemming off of that I, I don't know about you I was very impressed with this defensive line the ability to get to Mahomes cause pressure obviously they kind of dialed it back later in the game I don't really know why maybe a fear of Mahomes being able to use his feet which still happened anyway but I mean if you're a Lions fan and you're you know someone who pays attention to these guys as closely as we do I mean how impressed are you with this d- defensive line and how much more confidence do you have knowing that Daniel Jones didn't play. This is one heck of an t- offense. And the next couple games we have some challenges, but no one's going to be as high-flying as the, the Kansas City Chiefs are advertised. So if you're a fan, how confident are you in this defensive line? 
I'm much more confident in the defense as a whole, like doing this without play and, and Trey Flowers playing on the inside almost the entire game. They still created pressure, still forced Mahomes into some less than ideal throws. No, I'm I'm starting to come around that the mistakes I thought other teams were making earlier in the year, it might actually be the Lions forcing them to make those mistakes, especially when it comes to fumbles. And the D-line is starting that. They are the very start to all of that progress. Absolutely. Uh, Lions have a bye this week, so we don't really have any game to predict. But, I mean, I think we all, as Lions fans, got to be looking forward to this Monday night game against Green Bay. It's a great rivalry. I mean, we'll get into it as we, you know, a little more, as we get a little closer, we know who's playing, who's not. But, I mean, real quick, if you had to if you had to guess right now, Ross, are you taking, do you think the Lions got a shot against Green Bay? Or is this still a Lions team where we got to fear the division rivals? Oh, no. they. I will go in expecting them to beat Green Bay. Okay. Jay? I'll, I'll say it right now. Yeah. Jay? No, I, I agree with that. If we can hang with uh, Kansas City and limit one of the most like explosive quarterbacks in the league, we should be able to take care of Aaron Rodgers. So I'm I'm not worried about their run game. Um, I'm not worried about Rodgers that much. Yeah, they might have the deep ball on us, but if Slay is going to be healthy and we get Mike Daniels and hopefully Hawkinson just fine because that's their only key injury if he's actually out, I think we should be just fine against them. Yeah. Is it just me or is like, I mean, he's still a great player, but has Rodgers just kind of faded into the background a little bit when it comes to talking about elite quarterbacks? It, it yeah. like his name does not get mentioned as much as it used to. I mean, three years ago, everybody was saying Rodgers is the greatest quarterback in the league. He's on pace to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And just out of nowhere, he's just kind of quietly become, he's still a great quarterback, but there are so many names piled on top over him, I feel like. Oh, his efficiency numbers have dropped. His expected points per pass have dropped. Yeah. yeah. He's still good, but, yeah, he's quietly working himself out of the elite conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very true. He really is. Um, well, we got two segments of the show we do every week without fail. I, I teased one of them earlier. Uh, it's play of the week. There were some great plays this week. Uh, I had a hard time getting away from defensive plays. It seemed like everywhere you turned, there was a super, super great defensive play in this uh, in this league. I-, I told Jay yesterday, one that I wanted to use, but I couldn't bring myself to use, one because it wasn't really a deciding factor in the game. They had already won. It just kind of added on. But two, it was in Dominican Sue, so I didn't really want to promote him, was Sue took a fumble for a touchdown. He basically pulled it right off the QB's arm in for a touchdown. It was a great play, but it wasn't good enough to make play of the week, as far as I know, unless there was a changeup. But someone who did go on defense was Jay. Justin, give us your play of the week. So, play of the week. Wow, I can't talk. Words are hard. Words are Uh, hard. New team. New team. Who's this? Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Breaking off of his man, getting able to slide to the left, grabbing the ball in the air and taking it to the house. There's not a whole lot to break down other than it's just a sexy-ass defensive play. And I'm thinking the same way you are, man. I went with um, another defensive play last week for the Bears with Danny Trevathan. I I just – defense is just – it's a turn on in the NFL for me, man. And if Jadavion Clowney is doing pick six for Seattle and taking it to the house, it's my play of the week. All righty. Uh, that play of the week sounded a little something like this. Get it to that second receiver. Second down and five, and 
the screen pass is going to be picked off by Jadevion Clowney, and he's going to run it in for the touchdown. Yeah, it was a great play. It was Javion Clowney. Honestly, I, Russ, I know you and I will never forget when he killed one of our running backs before oh he even God. realized he had the ball. But, I mean, this guy's a, a playmaker in the league. It's insane to think that the Texans, you know, went away from him. I understand there was probably things that were out of their control. But when a guy like that, you do everything you can to keep him happy. And I'm sure Seattle's going to do that, especially after this play. Um, Russ, you and I went offense this week. Uh, I believe me, I, I did everything I could to go defense, but I had to go offense. But you went with someone who we've already talked about in this show, and you really could have picked two plays back to back when it came to this. Because the first one, he drops the ball, picks it up, and still completes it for a first down with very little time to go. Would have easily been a contender. But being who he is, Gardner Minshew goes and makes an even better play on the next play, give us your reasoning for why that would be your play of the week. Well, that, I mean, you, you we introed it perfectly. That first play was exactly what set it up, that he, he drops it and you kind of get this feeling that, oh, well, here we go. But he picks it up, completes the pass, comes to the next one, no worry in him at all, completes a quick one to Day-Day Westbrook, out on the side, tiptoe, breaks a tackle, tiptoe again, breaks another tackle, turns what should have maybe been a first down into a field goal range securing 32-yard pickup. Everything after that was gravy. They were just setting up the field goal for the win. Putting the Allen Flacco, that's what that did, and I love him for it. Keep the Minshew magic going. All right, and uh, the Minshew magic, uh, it looks a little something like greatness, and it sounds a little something like this. Big penalty on Von Miller and Denver. Gives Jacksonville a first down. At their own 40-yard line. Minshew looking for Westbrook. He's got him, and he stays in bounds. Spinning his way to the 30 and still going. And finally out of bounds at the 26. Man, this guy is good. I I really, if you're Nick Foles, you're wondering, am I going to be on the Jaguars next year? I kind of thought this is where I was going to stay for a while. Um, Poor Napoleon. Poor Napoleon. I feel so bad for him. I don't feel bad for him. Apparently that man is not suffering in many areas of life. Um, I decided let's keep the ball on the ground. I, I the, So many great plays this week, but let, let's keep the ball on the ground. Let's give it to the guys, the workhorses. I, I've actually used Nick Chubb before. Last year he had a big run for Cleveland in his rookie year. And wouldn't you know it, he went out, did it again, breaks it for 88 yards. I mean, this guy is quietly, and not really that quietly, climbing up the list of great running backs in this league that are going to be a force to be reckoned with because he can beat you with the speed, but, hey, if you want it, come at him. He'll knock you over on the, on the way to it. So Nick Chubb, 88-yard touchdown run, and it went a little something like that. First and 15. Chubb. Chubb with running room. Chubb to the 40. On his way to the end zone. All right, well, those are our plays of the week. As usual, Twitter poll will go up tomorrow at some point. Vote for us. Um, I'm on a two-week win streak. I'm very excited about it. And uh, hopefully we can make it three. Come on, guys, let's make it three. Three weeks in a row. Justin, I really appreciate you voting for my play the last two weeks instead of Russ's. It's helping me. I can tell. It's a new year, man. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to lift up my friends. That's all I'm going I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, 
Some people that aren't going to appreciate it are going to be the people who you pick for game of the week. You've got a little bit of a trend going right now. And uh, <laughs> listen, whoever he picks, I'm sorry, you're going to lose someone. It's like Liam Neeson in, uh, in Taken. He goes, they're going to take you. Like, he, there's, we're just reassuring you. They're going to take you. Bad things are about to happen. Um, that's We're coming up to game of the week. Jay, I'm going to let you go first. You've got a little trend going. And if you and I pick the same game, I'm going to switch it because I don't want to be responsible for someone dying. So if you pick if you pick my game, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> oh, All right. So Justin's game of the week is. So first off, I'm going to go through my hit list real quick. Nick Foles, <laughs> Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson, David Njoku, and Jamal Williams. R.I.P. Um, this week is no different. And that no different will be Tyler Eifert as I select the cards and the Bengals in my game of the week to see who is actually going to win a game first between these two dreadful teams. And I am calling out Tyler Eifert. Like I said, he, he hasn't been hurt in a minute. I think he does it like once a season. So he'll probably go down in this game. And uh, I'll be watching for sure. Yeah, no. shooting fish in a barrel calling Eifert to get hurt. Yeah, no, I didn't pick that game. <laughs> I definitely didn't pick that game. <laughs> I got to get the, I got to keep the streak going, man. So I had to get a must lock of the week. Yeah, but Eifert getting hurt, that's just law of averages. Like, that happens yeah, that's, too frequently. That's, that's yeah. just Sunday. Yeah, I mean, at least make it a challenge. Throw us, like, throw us with some wonderment of who who's going to get hurt, you know? Oh, now that we've said this, David Johnson's going to get hurt. Kyler Murray's going to get see, hurt. But see, that's law of averages, too. David Johnson gets hurt, too. Come on, you got to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One I, team's going to win, and someone's going to not be able to walk. It's just, it's, it's, it's I, Sunday. I know, but that's like saying Derrick Rose has knee problems. It's 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 a truth. It's happened. The guy's knees are shredded. Come on, pick something that's a little different. Uh, it's going to be if a very Larry Fitzgerald gets hurt. I swear to God. I don't. <laughs> by the way, by the way, real quick, real quick. Congratulations <laughs> to Larry Fitzgerald this past week. Number two now all time on the receiving list ever. Jerry Rice is the only one never going to get close, unfortunately, but number two all time. The guy really is a living legend and an absolute baller. Congrats to him. Sadly, some of those receptions were against us to get a uh, a tie. But congrats to Larry Fitzgerald. Guy is just amazing. One of the best to ever do it. Um, Russ, as we switch over to you, what is your play of the week? You haven't killed anyone, so these teams can be okay. Yeah, so my game of the week, I, I went a little unorthodox because I think it might just be the most interesting set of who are you guys really? Um, and that's Tampa Bay going against New Orleans. They just put up 55 on the Rams. What? And, and then what? New Orleans keeps winning without Drew Brees. That makes a little bit more sense, but it, it, it's this snowball. All right, can they keep this going? Can they really – are they going to secure, like, a top seed, maybe a bye without even Drew Brees around? Like, is this possible? And at the same time, maybe Tampa isn't garbage. Whoa, that'd be something. Um, so this game is going to go a long way to proving one or either of those things. So it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting come Sunday. So that's the one I've got my eye on. I like it. Should be a good game. Uh, I'm not a Jameis Winston fan, but to see them put up that many points, you know, even a blind squirrel finds it every once in a while. So good for him. Uh, and finally, a week where I didn't even need my backup. Neither of you, there you go. picked it. Russ didn't go anywhere in my notes. Uh, I picked a game. I went West Coast all the way. I am going with Seattle versus the Rams, Seahawks-Rams. 
I just I like this this game. I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I like watching that team. Uh, I I think this is going to be a high flying one. They've both got some defenses, but when it's all said and done, I can see this turning into a little bit of a battle of golf Wilson, uh, and it should be a very entertaining one. I, I I the Rams are kind of an odd team to me this year. They're they're not a bad team, but I just feel like they're not necessarily something dropped off between last year and this year. I don't know if it's just a confidence thing, kind of like how Matt Ryan never or the, and the Falcons never seemed to really respond after the uh, loss in the Super Bowl. Maybe it's just Tom Brady. Maybe he has an effect. You play him, and if you're not Eli Manning, you just kind of you struggle for a while. But I, I I'm excited for this game. I think it's gonna be an entertaining one to watch. I expect a lot of points in this game. And uh, who knows, could be looking at a play of the week coming from that game next week. But we'll see what happens. Uh, that's it for the normal stuff. We got just a little bit of time left. So with that time, we're going to talk about the thing that Jay's excited for most. That's hockey. But, Jay, you're the one that's excited. So I want to know, what what do you got? I mean, I know you, your, your number one topic seems to be the fact that you think Glenn Denning is going to score the first goal of the year. I want to know. What evidence you have to back that outlandish claim up? Sometimes I just close my eyes and I can see through all the darkness and the clouds and the answer's right in front of me. You just have to go with it, man. Sometimes you Glenn close Denning your eyes and you see Luke goal. Glenn Denning. That's something we need to talk about. Oh, boy. I mean, I can if you'd like. <laughs> Why do you close your no. eyes and see a man? <laughs> I want to know this. <laughs> hey, everyone has their own preferences, damn it. <laughs> Everybody I, I gave have, once in a while. <laughs> I may right. have started and built the bandwagon that is Glenn Denning, and I will I will be the happy driver of that bus. But that there's no one on the wagon with you. Apparently, oh, Blashill, because he got a letter. Okay, well, just... <laughs> it's coming. It it no. Listen, there's there's more to the NHL than just Glenn Denning. There's a bunch of storylines that I'm excited for. I'm happy that fantasy hockey is back in our lives. The Wings start on Saturday. You got the, the Maple Leafs playing tonight, announcing their captaincy. You got a rivalry, which might be the best rivalry in hockey between the Sharks and the Knights right now. I don't know of any other better one. Ovi and Sid are like just, you know, old flame. So I'm just, hockey's back, man. And I have something to watch on Tuesday nights now because there's no other sports on. So You just gave just, me enough. It, as, a, as the amazing show creator I am, we can go with it. But before you get too far away, you you you've made your pick. Now you got to give us a chance to defend us here, Russ. Who's scoring the first goal for the Red Wings? Ooh, I'm. Oh, I can't. I just had a thought just <laughs> on the spot, and, I, and it made me so happy. That's the noises that came out. It's gonna be Anthony Mantha. <laughs> oh, you can go right to hell with that garbage. <laughs> no, it's gonna be Anthony Mantha, and I bet you he gets thirty goals this year. I will take that bet. He is under 30. No, he, he will get at least 30. And, and if you have 20 seconds for stats here, expect, he's outperformed his expected goals every, every single year the last three years here. In fact, if you take the inherent uh, shooting percentage that's associated with his expected goals, he's outshot that by at least 2% two out of the last three years, and it was still positive that, on, that other year. There's only about 50 players in the league that have done this. So this is a guy that has proven he has an NHL caliber shot. Doesn't always, you know, get it off because he's not always going hard to the net. Um, but now he's going to have a full year on the top line, get more than 17 and a half minutes a game. If you've watched the preseason at all, they're just feeding him one-timers. 
welcome to your power play this year. It's going to be Hiroshi feeding him. Uh, and he's come real close the last two years, 24 and 25 goals. This is the year, guys. 30-goal scorer, Anthony Manta. Uh, I'm looking forward to Justin not being happy about it. I like it. I, I would rather them not make the playoffs than Anthony Manta score 30 goals. You heathen. <laughs> I don't want it. Don't do it to me. Eric, who do you have? Let's move on. Oh, this is fast. Dylan Larkin. Larkin's going to score the first uh, goal. It's going to happen. Uh, did I, you see the commercial he's been in? I have not. Yep. He, is, he gets low in them jeans. It's fine. He's going to oh get boy. super low when he scrapes the ice on that perfect. Jay, last night when we played N, that Iserman goal, that's what you're going to get out of Larkin. He's just going to tap it in from the knee. I like it. Larkin with the goal early on. It's going to be fun. Um, Another topic we've been talking about all day. There's been some numbers thrown around. I don't understand them. I think it's 50-50. Leave it as 50-50. You said it's uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs play tonight, going to announce their captain. Uh, There's a couple names up in the air, but I think the two front runners obviously have to be uh, Tavares and Matthews. I want to know from you, Russ, who do you think is going to be wearing the C for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year? Oh, I, I think it'll be Tavares. Okay. I, it was Matthews to lose, um, and then he did lose it. He, in fact, did lose it because he was a drunk asshole. And you cannot do things like that and hide it from the team and then expect to get a captaincy, let alone no criminal charges. Um, so it'll be Tavares. He's got the experience. It's an easy sell. Um, it might be the only thing that stops Paul Marner from bitching that his kid didn't get it. So there's also that. Yeah, but, so yeah, I'll go yeah. with Tavares. I mean, short of not having the C, I mean, Patrick Kane just did everything you described, and he's still a god in Chicago. So, but not a captain. I said short of having the having the C, but he was never going to get it anyway because he did all this crap, and Tays already had the C. It wasn't a C mm-hmm. that was up for grabs. So I think you you'll be surprised if you're really good at hockey and you're on a good team. People seem to forgive stuff. I mean, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Occasionally, I, I mean, Kareem Hunt is going to play football later this year. Let's not forget Ugh. that. And uh, Tariq Hill is playing football right now. So let's not forget. Oh. You can you can get away with some stuff. You can get away with some Bre- stuff. Breaking news here: Leafs just took the ice for warmups. No one is wearing any letters. No assistants. No C's yet. They got something cooking See, up. I don't. Yes, I don't. I don't think they're giving it to anyone today, to be honest with you. I think they're just loving the media, and they're just going to go, nah, we'll try again next year. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go against Russ on this one. I think it's Matthews. You said it was his to lose. I think it's still his to lose. I think if you're – Tavares is great. Matthews, to me, is still the guy. He's been there. This is still kind of his team. Tavares is on it. Obviously, when a superstar comes along – you got to wonder how much of a – there shouldn't be a power struggle, but you got to wonder how much there is. I still think Matthews is the guy. He's the he's the front of that team. He's the face of that team. And I think he gets the C. I think you got to give this guy – kind of like we talked with Larkin. you got to give this young superstar who you want to be there for as long as possible, you got to give him that kind of leadership and that kind of responsibility – and let him know, listen, it's it's on you now. You wanted to be the face of the franchise. You are the face of the franchise. Here's the letter to prove it. Go out and be the face of the franchise. So I'm going to say it's Matthews. Uh, I would, I mean, Tavares is obviously a great choice, but I just think it's Austin Matthews. Clear cut should be the captain of this team. Jay, 
I, I don't. I knowing you, you're not going to pick anyone we've ever heard of. So who who is your pick to be the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs captain if they pick one tonight? You've never heard of Pointis Auburn? No, I haven't. Pointis Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like his fourth um, team in the last six months. Yeah. No, it, it won't be Pontus, even though that's a hell of a first name. Sorry, bud. Um, uh, it should be Matthews, but he fucked it up. It, it, it won't go to him. Uh, Tavares just got there probably an insult to some of the other guys on the team, even though he's the top-tier guy. Remember, he's my dude who will never win a cup, and he always has deserved it. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go Freddy or if they go no one at all. And that just seems like very Babcockian to do and not give it to either of the superstars. And he's a hard ass. So I'm, I'm going Fred, Frederick Anderson or no one at all. Going with the Apton choice. No, no C. Um, not to be confused with an Apton two P's, which would be someone who champions Applebee's as a good restaurant. Mind you. <laughs> Shut up. We're losing cabin pressure. We're losing cabin pressure. Uh, Justin gave us the, the the outline notes here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what you're talking about, Jay. Third thing, you're calling it the best rivalry, uh, San Jose Vegas. Uh, I mean, it's hockey's back, Jay. So what are you looking for out of tonight, and uh, why is that to you the best rivalry? Um, it's just gritty as hell. I think when something as atrocious as checking someone's face into the boards, like it was with the Wings and Abs to getting a four-minute power play, or I think it was a major, actually, and scoring three or four power play goals on it against the Vegas Knights, it, you're going to have some salt in your mouth. And when you get to see that other team again, there's just real disrespect. And I loved what I saw Reeves doing uh, on media today, and I, I, I love it. it. These games get nasty. These teams are, you know, teams that are, like, the Knights are new, and they're trying to can be consistent, and you've got, the Sharks, who are a joke of a team to begin with, but they've had so many talented players on their team, they can't put it together. So you get two frustrated teams like that against each other. It's just that I, I can't think of any other teams in the NHL that carry that weight when they step on the ice. Okay, I like it. Um, this is the final part of the show, but this is where I'm going to put my moderator hat on because I, I've, since we started this show, I do my best to contribute where I can, but I have always said that when it comes to hockey, I am the passenger. These two are driving the ship. So I want to ask you both, and this is how we're going to wrap it up. Let's see if we can uh, get a little debate going. It would be great. Russ, you can go first here. Outside of, like, the favorites and the, the best, I want to know, in your opinion, because you are Mr. Numbers, who is the team to watch this year? Who is your team that you think is going to shock everybody and be a real contender? Ooh, shock everybody changes the whole thing. Um, my... I guess surprise contender, although it's not a surprise because they're a trendy pick, would have been the Devils because um, I think that division really is up for grabs. Um, the Metro has got like two, three really good teams, right, and some open spots for the fourth, maybe an open spot to slide into the third. Um, and this is a team that added a whole quality second line for pretty much free. It didn't give up any roster players to get it. Um, bringing in Hughes, bringing in Gusev, who could, who is essentially another high first round pick, right? That you're just planting right in there, and you get a healthy Taylor Hall back. Oh, and former Norris Trophy winner PK Subban's there. All Corey Schneider has to do is have a pulse, right? <laughs> Not 
sucks. <laughs> Not go three months without a win again. That's all they got to do. And this should be a wild card team. So I'm I'm thrilled. I hate it. I hate it that I'm rooting for the Devils. The '90s brain in me is rejecting every bit of this. It's going to be immensely entertaining to watch, and uh, could sneak up from hey, going having the number one overall pick to the playoffs in one year. It's unheard of. It's not supposed to happen, but we could see it this year. I like it. I mean, yeah, that's that's one that I think everybody's kind of had their eye on, but still in depth. Makes me kind of wonder how they're going to do. Uh, Jay, other, over to you. I mean, is there a team that, I mean, they don't have to necessarily be a, you know, super shock to the world, but is there a team that maybe wouldn't be considered a top four to be a Stanley Cup winner that you think might, you know, have a little bit of a run this year, did something in the offseason that could benefit them? So I, th- I think the, the answer is in New Jersey, but if I had to pick another one that really is going to have my eye, it's going to be Colorado. Um, they're call. already established with Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landeskog, but they've added the likes of Donskoy and Kadri. Um, they have Cal McCarr, who is up in his second year again, and he was a Hobie Baker winner uh, two years ago. And then they have Andre Burakowski that came over. So I like some of the subtle moves they have made in terms of depth because they're already loaded. They, too, also need a competent goaltender. They've got Philip Grubauer, who did just fine for Washington as Hobie's backup, but... Um, if they can be solid between the pipes, just like New Jersey, I think they're another team that you got to keep an eye on just because of the simple, cute little ads they've had. Minus Kadri, he's kind of ugly, but his cat can stay. So I like Kadri. We'll go cute as in clever. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So I'm, I'm watching Colorado this year, man, for sure. I, I really like that pick. And again, my 90s Red Wings fan brain hates that. Well, I mean, they, you they guys added did. added a whole second line. You guys did just pick two teams that the Red Wings were not you know, whether we were not big fans of growing up. So cheers to you. Ugh. Thank you, sir. I feel dirty all over, but it's okay. Hockey's back. It's all that yeah, matters. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. Uh, as always, we try to cover everything. A little weird. Bye week. Don't really have that excitement for the Lions. Got a little bit of excitement, though. Jay's Spartans are apparently going to beat Ohio State in a game that no one sees coming. Uh, our Wolverines, Russ, we're finally going to play a real team, and uh, that should be exciting for us. Uh, is Wisconsin not real? I guess not. I guess not. I, I, apparently, this is where the real games start. Rutgers was just uh, was something to tune it up, and now we're on to the real games. Never mind that right. slaughter against uh, the farm Wisconsin team that just ate us alive. Uh, hockey's back. Justin's team or Justin's game of the week is going to kill someone. A lot of lot of stuff, and uh, we appreciate you listening, Spooky. I give you a hard time, Jay, but you know what? You are the man. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on with me today and uh, making me just a tiny bit smarter about things I didn't already know. Hey, I'm here for some content and a lot of laughs, so um, it's always a pleasure. Always a great time. Russ, I was going to finish the show with the usual way, but you know what? Jay brought numbers today. You're, you're, you're <laughs> slipping a little bit. So I'm going to say to you, thanks for marginally making me sound a little smarter than I already, you know, that I know I am because someone else is coming for your job. I've never said this to you before. You need to step up the game. Oh, and fighting words. I'll still take the net positive though, but Hey, I'm here for some laughs and a lot of content. That's how we balance ourselves out. (laughs) Okay. I like it. And, uh, 
I'm I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. Uh, I don't give you very good contact, and I'm not very funny, but I'm just here. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, as always, that's one small step for us, one giant leap back in Detroit sports broadcasting. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.